of fame on my mind trying to be the greatest of all time and say it's all god yeah i've been grinding all day Welcome to the Byler Bomb Show. I'm your host, Austin Byler, and today our special guest is Eric Gardner, former Sunrise Mountain Baseball head coach and the owner of the Arizona Athletics, over 25 teams, really just helping kids get to that next level and find the right college. That's a great fit for him. He's currently with Sports Force Baseball, helping kids get to that next level and find the right fit for them. So I hope you guys enjoy this and really take something away from Coach Gardner's truths and everything that he's been through as a coach player and just throughout his life peace what is up guys welcome to the byler bomb show i'm your host austin byler and today we have a very special guest coach eric gardner he was my former coach at the sunrise mountain mustangs he was my former coach with the sunrise mountain mustangs at sunrise high school guys for over 20 years we went to the championship twice while i was a coach or while i was a player with him and just an amazing guy man over 15 regional championships over 400 plus wins. And if you put that into perspective, in 20 seasons of 400 plus wins, that's over 20 wins a season at a high school level. That's incredible. And to do that, keep that kind of consistency over the years is truly an amazing accomplishment. Now he's on, he's got the Arizona Athletics, over 25 teams with that organization. Really built it up from the ground up when I was here in high school playing. I got to play for Coach Gardner throughout all the summers, man. It felt like we never were apart. And he really just grew to be family. And it was awesome to see him and his family kind of thriving now. His boys are in high school playing and they're moving up through the ranks. And now he's got the opportunity to coach his youngest son, Brock, and, and kind of go full force with that. So, Coach Gardner, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Absolutely. So, Gardner, I kind of want to just get into your story, man. Like, how did it all start for you? Where did you kind of develop this passion for baseball in general and then kind of tell these guys your upbringing going through college and what led to be a head coach at a very professional and, and high level high school um well i'm an arizona native um pretty much been grew up in arizona played a played high school baseball at cortez high school um in the phoenix area um small school um just a good family oriented school and um I think a pretty good baseball player. Uh, played there, played played all three sports there: football, basketball, baseball. Um, but baseball became my love uh, my junior and senior year, and it was something I started to focus more and more on. Um, but I was a, a left-handed pitcher, first baseman, played a little outfield. Um, known more for my hitting than my fielding, that's yeah. for sure. Um, pitched a little bit too um, throughout high school. Was a your typical, you know, high school number one, number two left-handed pitcher, but wasn't something I was going to do at the next level necessarily. Um, but high school went good for me. Um, I was a good player. I was an all-state player. Played on the Sun Belt teams. Played on the all-state teams. Um, things went good. I left at going out of high school. Had a couple different small D1 offers. Was really close to taking an offer to go to University of South Carolina. Went on a, road, a recruiting trip there and just realized that 3,000 miles from home was a little further than I wanted to go. <laughs> Um, had an opportunity to play at Grand Canyon University, um, but the, didn't seem like the depth was correct for me to go there and not play right away as a freshman. So ultimately, I decided to stay local and, and play at a junior college here because I knew I could play right away. And that was a big motivation of mine was wanting to play as a freshman, not sit out, not be a redshirt guy. So I went to Phoenix College, played there for two years on two really, really good teams. Um, finished in the in the final four my sophomore year there and uh, was pretty much a you know a designated hitter first baseman um, the hitting portion for me continued um, I needed I didn't really develop defensively as well as probably I needed to so that was kind of where I was slotted and I was known for as a hitter uh, left-handed hitter power kind of a power bat in a sense a lot like you yeah <laughs> I guess that's where a connection maybe made at one point was were very similar roads, um, and then went to uh, a transfer to Azusa Pacific University, played there for a year, uh, came back, played in the summer collegiate league here, and Coach Stapleton at the time at GCU um, recruited me and said, hey man, you need to come to GCU, so I, I left the NAI opportunity at Azusa Pacific and came back to GCU, played there um, in the fall, and then um, had an injury. I mean, bottom line is I just, I had severe, um, severe arm pain, needed to have 
which back then Tommy John wasn't big, but yeah, there was a surgery going to need to take place in order for me to even throw, and so they decided to medical kind of medical redshirt me and let me go through that process, and I made a life decision, and a life decision was how much more baseball do I need to play? Um, does it? How is this going to impact my future career? I knew. From my time at Azusa Pacific University, I met a professor there that just really connected with me, and I knew that I wanted to teach and I wanted to coach. And then so, by the time going from Phoenix College to Azusa Pacific to Grand Canyon, the amount of credits I had earned, I was ready to graduate. Yeah. And so to redshirt and come back as a graduate just didn't make a ton of sense, and it was a blessing. I mean, it was it was a true blessing. It was it was a God's plan thing for me because I went home that day and uh literally nailed my cleats to the wall and wow. i just like i'm gonna hang them up and I'm, i needed a visual representation i lived in a house with four other baseball dudes and they came home and they're like what in the world did you just do and i'm like i'm <laughs> done man it, I, I, yeah. i'm gonna move on with my career i want to be a teacher i'm doing my student teaching now um i was at peoria high school doing my student teaching while i was you know playing baseball at grand canyon and they had already offered me a job and everything was looking good. So I'm like, I'm just going to do this. And so I did it. And I hung him up. I went back into Stapleton's office the next day and said, hey, I appreciate the opportunity. But, you know, I have a, the God has a plan for me. And right now that plan is to move on. Yeah. And he was cool. He was great. I still have a relationship with him today. And it wasn't like, you know, he didn't try to talk me out of it. I just did it, walked out. And uh, a year later, I was teaching at Peoria High School and I got a call to that they were hiring a new coach at a brand new school in Sunrise Mountain High School in Peoria that was going to be a new upstart program and that I should interview for it. And I interviewed for it. At that time, we had an athletic director by the name of Tom Junk. Um, there was a huge list of applicants for it. And in my interview with him, he basically told me at the end of the interview, like, I think we're going to take a chance on you. And I, and I reaffirmed him that, like, I don't think you're taking a chance. Like, I, I promise you, I'm going to build a program and I'm young enough and strong enough and mental strength enough to build something here that will be forever remembered. Yeah. And I think we lived up to that. I mean, oh, 20 absolutely. years later, I retired um, last year with, I think it's 435 wins and, as you said, multiple region championships. Um, never won the big one. Um, Runner-up three times in some three tough games, and you were a part of those, yeah. two of those. But... I don't think that's what I'm defined by. I, I don't define myself by lack of winning a state championship. I, I really define myself by guys like you, um, all the alumni that I continually talk to that have had great experience. And this last six months has been humbling. You know, after you retire, people reach out to you and, and talk to you, and you're just like, wow, man, I've really impacted a lot of people. And a lot of those people have impacted me. Yeah. For sure. Definitely. Now, you kind of talk about the impact that you've had, and I've seen the impact firsthand. I mean, from the Arizona Athletics to Sunrise Mountain High School to all the programs that you've helped out with, you've had to have coached hundreds of athletes who have gone on to play at the collegiate level, and you've helped kids get to college. And talk about having an impact. You're having an impact not only on the kid, but the family. So now you've impacted all of these families to where they go on, they get to have an opportunity to go play college baseball like you did, like I did. And it's an amazing opportunity that kids get to just work with you and to be able to see that passion on a day in and day out basis. I mean, we never won the big one, part of two of those, and they were tough. But to see how you handled yourself throughout the years and continue to grow, you didn't check it in not after anything. I mean, each year you continue to work hard, get better, and you handled a lot, man. Handling a family outside of that is incredible. So kind of talk about that. What does it mean to you that you helped a ton of athletes and just regular kids have the opportunity to go on and play at the collegiate level? Well, I, I think that was, you know, all part of all part of the plan. I mean, really, like, I knew that at some point I wanted to mentor young men something I really had a passion for. Um, you know, I met I met a guy by the name of Brian Beltramo, who's the state director for Fellowship of Christian Athletes, on a JV football field in the fall of my third year here as a coach. And at that point, my mindset was, you know, wins were the most important thing. Yeah. And I, I, I you know, my first few years of coaching, a young coach, I was fiery, I was energetic, I was passionate, but I was a little bit over the top because I just wanted to win. Yeah. And 
through a relationship with Brian and meeting Brian and he he convinced me that you know there's there's outside of things besides winning and winning people over and I think that was part of my foundation like I owe him a ton because of what he taught me about you know leading people and mentoring people and and my faith grew considerably and I, I became you know there's a philosophy out there that you're either a Christian coach or a coach that's a Christian Mm. And um, I felt like I was truly a Christian coach. Like I truly felt like I was saying and doing the right things and leading young men. And I, I would even say that there's some of the over the years, handfuls of athletes became Christians as well through maybe potentially being influenced through me. But at the same time, um, coaching high school athletes is tough, man. Yeah, these guys got a lot of stuff going on, a lot of things to juggle. You, you can just juggle family. And then you deal with the success and failures of the game of baseball. And then you deal with the people that are outside the fence putting pressure on the kids inside the fence. And then you all that you wrap up into, can I play college baseball? Yeah. Because I always felt like every single player that played for Sunrise Mountain was a college baseball player. And I got criticized for it by my administration and by other people like, hey, this is not a college program. You're running like a college program. The field's too nice. There's too nice of uniforms. There's... And I, as you were here, you saw it. I, I just believed that we were going to look good, play good. Our facility was going to be nice. And every, if every kid on our varsity team didn't have goals of playing a vars of playing college baseball, then they weren't varsity guys for me. Yeah. And that just kind of sputtered into what I did with the Arizona Athletics. I mean, the Arizona Athletics evolved because I got tired of watching my high school players go out to summer programs and come back worse than they were. That they started coming back with worse attitudes, worse effort, worse intangibles, and they weren't getting better. And yeah. so I'm like, well, I'll start my own group, and we started that as Arizona Boys of Baseball, which evolved into the Arizona Athletics, with the idea that we were going to make sure that we knew where all of our high school players were, and that became successful right away, with former players like Jeff Decker playing for us, and um, yourselves, and Aaron Bummer, and Tyler Crawford, and all. you guys helped yeah. build that. And when you did people started to realize, man, this is a pretty good group. And next thing you know, other players from other programs wanted to play for the Arizona Athletics. And that kind of stood as like a high school staple program in the offseason for four or five years. And then came Hunter and Brock. And Hunter and Brock are my boys who now are 14 and 16. But when they were 9 and 10, um, myself and an, another coach, Ryan Holtorf, who was the head coach at Greenway, um, he had a son, younger son. And we said, let's start developing some youth teams for our own boys to play on instead of going to play somewhere else. So I kind of threw it out there, and next thing you know, high school coaches from Seth Melton over at Thunderbird to Scott Richardson out of Tolleson to um, um, to Ryan Holtorf to Matt Denny, um, who's out of Mountain Point now. Like, all these guys had kids as well. Yeah. And so they were like, yeah, we'll do teams. Do Jason Nuttall, who was the head coach at Centennial, um, who was part of Liberty State Championship team last year. Chris Raymond, who's the head coach at Liberty now. Um, who was my former assistant coach for 10 or 12 years here that I felt like I mentored along the way. Um, he coached some A's teams. And so all of a sudden we had all these high school coaches coaching with the athletics, and that became our model. Yeah. that we were going to have high school coaches coaching high school athletes, not dads, and we're going to help these kids reach their baseball goals outside of high school. And so it evolved. It went from six teams to 12, from 12 to 18, from 18 to 25. Um, now we're... I think the largest, I'm not, I can't verify 100%, I think we're the largest club baseball organization in Arizona. We're a Marucci Founders Club team, which we're the only team in Arizona that's a Founders Club team that's sponsored through Marucci and that is a partner with Marucci, uh, which is a good business situation for us, but it's also great for our athletes, the opportunities that it provides. Uh, Marucci is such a good supporter of youth athletics, youth sports, yeah. youth baseball. Um, high school baseball, and, and now they're into the college scene. I mean, they're they're huge in in college baseball. So their their product's amazing, but their their business relationships even better. So it's evolved from there, and then um, that's also brought me involved in this you know, the recruiting side of things. I've always always from working with you to help you get to UNR um, to working with you know other players and, and helping them get to their college goals. Now I'm doing that alongside it with a new group of sport called Sports Force. So I'm doing the baseball recruiting side of things, but working personally one-on-one -on -one with families. 
Yeah, kind of elaborate, like, on the Sports Force deal, like, what exactly are you doing with the families? Just helping them get to college or kind of develop a plan to get to college? Or, hey, if you're a D1 guy, like, you're a D1 guy. Or, hey, maybe you're not the D1 guy that you might think you are. Maybe you're more of a D3 fit, and then a school on the East Coast is a good fit. Kind of elaborate on that. (coughs) Well, (coughs) that actually started out by just an introduction, really. I was introduced by to a, a guy, uh, Andrew Byenbrink, played at Arizona State University, um, played with actually our, our athletic director here at school, Mark Ernster. And so I was introduced to him through a, another guy, Greg Halverson, who played at Arizona State. We all just, all of a sudden I was introduced to him and he just said, hey man, I, I love what you do. I've done some research on you. Would you be interested in, you know, talking about, you know, being involved in Sports Force, which is an organization that he created with a bunch of high school and college baseball coaches. Um, okay. The, the vision behind it is it's a it's a, an advisory team. It's not a recruiting company. It's not of like, hey, let's get your information, put you in a database and spit out information. It's about advising families on making the good career choices. The same thing that I did, you know, with the Bilers. When yeah. I sat down with you and said, okay, let's look at this UNR offer versus going to PVCC versus you know, potentially trying to get into Grand Canyon, like, where are we at? Well, that's something that I feel like has always been something I've been passionate about, is trying to help people make the right decision on going to college. The the, the, the small number of athletes out there that are Division One players is, you know, if you have 500,000 potential high school players out there, less than 10% are Division One players, just because yeah. the numbers alone. So... You're, you're dealing with a high school program. We were at Sunrise. If I look back at all the pictures that are behind you of all 20 years of, of athletes, I, I can look at each picture of the team and say, well, there was only one or maybe two Division One players. The year graduating, when we had three or four, that was a, oh, that, incredible. That was a freak show, very right? Very rare, yeah. Yeah, very rare. Um, one of my best teams last year. Last year, we had we you know two Division One players came out of that. Um, and Troy Balco at UNLV and Trevor Pruitt at UT Arlington. But then we had four or five guys who were junior college or NAIA guys that were really good baseball players. And that's a perspective that a lot of parents miss. A lot mm. of parents miss is, what's the best fit for my son? Yeah. You know, how well do I know the coaches? What goes on? I remember, you know, Aaron Bummer, who's a good buddy of yours who played for us, when he went through the process, he had offers from U of A and ASU and um, USD, and then Nebraska came into the picture. And the, the selling point for Nebraska, I remember this clear as day him telling me, calling me from on his way home from Nebraska, saying, Coach, I'm going to Nebraska. I, I love it. And I'm like, what was it? And he said it was the relationship with the coaches that I met, playing Ooh. ping pong with the coaches and knowing that I trust them. And These dudes are really good dudes. And that was something I've told parents all along, like, just remember – you're not picking the school, you're picking the coaching staff and what the school's gonna give you. You're gonna yes. go to a university and be there for four to five years, and that's your new home. Those are your new parents, those are your new guardians, those are your new advisors. If you can't see yourself living there day in and day out, then don't choose it because it has a name and you can go put on Twitter, I'm so proud to be blessed that I've committed to a D1. Yeah. You do your research on those kids that do that, and I would guarantee, I would promise you that fifty percent of them come back. Oh, they're and then immediately they go, transfer now. Yeah, they go there for a year and realize there's six shortstops there. Yeah, and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to go to a junior college because I want to play. Or they go there and their year next year that that college brings in more players. So you have to go to a school that's the right fit for you, where you feel like you can play, you can get better, you can grow. If you have professional aspirations, then you better find a program that produces professional players. Yeah. That doesn't always mean it's a D1. There's a lot of great NAI D2 programs that produce D1 players all, or produce professional players all the time. Absolutely. And some guys can't do school right away. Some guys need that junior college fit to get through the academic side of things and transition into the to the Division II, Division One fit where school becomes a lot harder. Yeah. So I think that Sports Force was a great fit for me because they, they aligned themselves the exact same philosophical beliefs that I have and that is advising people on their choices yes and and I think one of the keys that Andrew Byenbrink taught me at the very beginning was I don't take on every single client that wants to sign up for sports force one of the mm-hmm. coolest things that sports force does is before they take on a client is there's an over an hour interview with that player and his family 
about what that player's baseball goals are and what their vision and what the parents see as it. And then Sports Force takes that information and Andrew Byendrake, myself, our team, and we make a decision. Is this a client that we think we can help get to the college level? And I've, I've already been a part of this for six months and we've already turned away multiple clients. Wow. Like, hey, just it's just not a good fit. Like, you're not in the right mindset. You, you don't have the same, we don't see you as the same player that you see you are. We don't think we can help you. Yeah. And that's no offense to us or you. It's just we don't think we can help you because we're not in alignment. And the people that we do take on, we're in alignment with. And we do help them. And I I think that I, I've already seen in the first six months, like, placement of college pl- of athletes into colleges where they're great fits and their parents are ecstatic because instead of getting $20,000 in, in, in aid, they end up getting thirty because we've helped them leverage something against something else and the schools come back and we've helped them find more money somewhere else that they weren't have found on their own. Yeah. No, I think that's incredible. You're helping guys get to that next level in life and you're developing not only athletes but humans in this world. I mean, when you're going into college, now you got a degree or at least you're working towards that. And once you get to college, the meaning that I found there, like just going and pursuing a degree was discipline. I mean, it takes a lot of work ethic and a lot of discipline to sit down and to do your schoolwork after you've gone through a five, six, seven hour, sometimes eight hour day of baseball, where you're there all day long. And then you gotta go to class and now you gotta go home and now something's going on with your family back home. Like there's a lot of variables that happen. So finding the right fit for you and your family and whatever's gonna work out for that best situation is so big. And like you said earlier with Bummer, I mean, Aaron was a great player, a great dude, and he found a great fit at Nebraska. He fit in with that coaching staff. And it's just like for me, going up to Nevada, I mean, I really just fit in with that staff when they, when they came and watched me play and talked to you and talked to me. I was so thankful to have your help and to have your help throughout my career, not only just in high school, but after was amazing because that's the relationships you build and that's the relationships you keep. And so I think it's important for any youth athletes, any parents out there that are listening to this to, hey, like... Take a step back and, and be realistic with where you are and, and see it for how it is. I mean, if I'm a D1 guy, I'm a D1 guy. If I'm a D3 guy, I'm a D3 guy. So what? There's nothing wrong with it because I'm going to go in and I'm going to play. And for me, I wanted to go play. I mean, I didn't want to go to U of A at the time and go be one of 65 guys and yep. sit there and yep. be one of the 35 that got cut and has to go find a junior college for the next spring and is scrambling. Right. So I wanted to be somewhere where I had an opportunity to go play. So. Thank you guys for tuning in to the By the Bomb Show. I just want to give a quick shout out to a couple of our sponsors. First and foremost, the Positive Vibe Movement. Really just an amazing company, guys. They're a clothing company, but they're more than that. They're focusing on the mental health aspect of life, really trying to help you get the help you need to to live the most fulfilled life possible. And it's truly amazing. 5% of their proceeds go straight to Mental Health Foundation in that support guys it's amazing to see what they're doing inspiring the next generation of humans and really helping this world be a better place so the positivevibemovement.com go check them out guys and then we got harmony bad truly just another amazing company um, more than a bat company they're really focusing on sp- inspiring that next generation of ball players and youth athletes across the world they've got some amazing camps set up some amazing things in progress that we're really looking to bring forward to you and something that we can help the next generation of ball players become the best person that they can become so we're super excited to see what they got coming here soon harmonybats.com you guys can use the code byler for 10 percent off your order on both of those websites the positive vibe movement.com and harmonybats.com need to go play so coach kind of take us through we'll shift gears kind of take us through your faith through all of this i mean i know faith's a big part of your life it's a big part of mine and and to see you grow in your faith over the years and really see you happier than you've ever been personally it's just amazing to see and i think something's working there in your life so kind of take us through that faith how it's helped you throughout your entire coaching career well i think i think it goes back to just you know the the principles that you're, you're trying to live by um we have a lot there's a there's a lot of like stuff is like I like to call it that's out there there's a lot of things that try to try to bring us down or there's a lot of negativity and I found that my my faith is just it's created a more positive outlook on things yeah um, I've really kind of taken on even in the last couple of years um, a philosophy of optimism and just trying to be optimistic try, trying to to not react to what's happened, but but see what's going to happen. See the good in a lot of the people out there. See the good in 
and what people the impact that I can have on someone's life or they have on me and 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 know that like even talking some parents off the ledge just like it's these end of the world circumstances that they feel like for their players and for their athletes and I was talking to a 13 u parent last night at a athletics practice and he was already asking me about like where his son projects at the division one level and I'm like man Oh my. Let's be where your feet are. Yeah. And that's a huge piece for me right now that I talk to a lot of families about is be where your feet are. And your feet are here. Like be a 13-year-old player and a parent. And the same with our high school guys. Like get better as a baseball player right now. Let let God take care of the rest. Like God has a plan for you. And my plan, I didn't know what my plan was going out of high school. I was I was I raised in a, a normal high school household as a high school player. We yeah. went to church on Easter and Christmas. Yeah. And I didn't find my faith until I went to Azusa Pacific and listened to Dave Drabecki give a speech at an FCA um, team night. And I was just like, man, this is the moving stuff. And then I had that seed planted in me. And that was just, mm. it was just there. And it was growing smallly, but it was there. I knew a little bit now. I took some Bible classes at Azusa Pacific. So I was starting to learn. And then. When I got the job here at Sunrise Mountain and I met Brian Beltramo and all of a sudden I was being influenced more and more and Fellowship of Christian Athletes became a foundation for me um, to find ways to be a better Christian coach and be a better mentor to young men and be a better father and be a better husband. Um, Faith is a big part of our family. Uh, My wife, Heidi, is a absolute rock star. Um, She not only runs our household and keeps everything in the straight and narrow <clears throat> much like patty byler yeah you know but she's a lot of similarities but she's just like her faith is so strong and um she consistently reminds me and, I, and you, we all need them sometimes is just like not sweating the small stuff and, and trusting you know trusting god that he has a plan for you and i think that's where i've kind of gone you know i've gone to a place where I, i'm chasing other career goals but I'm really content where I'm at right now. Where my feet are mm. is a good place. You know, I just finished my master's in administration. I have my master's in counseling already. And that's a career goal of mine is to go mentor, you know, adults now. I've been mentoring young men for 20 plus years. And I feel like God's put me in a place now to mentor adults. Yeah. And go into where I can help lead and teach people how to lead and produce better leaders. Um as a as an administrator of a high school campus or wherever that may lead me but that's his plan if the plan is not doesn't work out for me to be a an administrator next year or an athletic director then i'll be the greatest counselor i can possibly be again here next year yeah and that won't be a bad thing because my son brock's going to be a freshman here in high school my son hunter's a sophomore going to be a junior so being around my family and being around my kids isn't a bad thing at all and it, it um i'm not sweating it I'm really not. I'm really content on where I'm at. I just have to trust. Um, you know, I guess it's like uh, I would go back to my, my wife Heidi always says, let go, let God. Oh, yes. You know, just let go, let God. Let, let it go. Don't sweat it. Don't stress it because you, you, you can't, like, pray for something you're hoping to happen. You pray for the good things in life. You pray for, you know, you know the things that you, you believe in, but you can't pray for something to happen. Yes. You have to let let pray for whatever it is that comes to your heart and then let go and let God do do his work. Absolutely. You know, and, and I feel like that with a lot of the athletes I deal with, like, you know, I don't know all of them their faith and some of them have are strong in faith and some of them are not, but in simplest layman's terms, I try to explain to some of our players that I've worked with over the years, like, yeah, yo man, just let it go. Just just go out there and play. Mm. Let the game come to you. Yes. But if you're going to go out there to try to produce, to prove to mom or dad you are who are, or that college coach, the results are going to be negative. Almost nine times out of ten. The amount of pressure that we put on young athletes today is ridiculous. You uh, think about the fact that you could go on any weekend to any local park and there's a youth baseball tournament going on. And we've got a hundred parents yelling and screaming at nine-year-olds. Yeah. And asking them to go produce a hit. We're not screaming in a negative way. They're cheering them on. But it's loud. It's crazy. And all in the hopes that they do are successful and that they win a ring that we're going to give them. When 
really the ring that we've all been chasing all along as a baseball player was someone someone like one point going to win a college world series ring or yeah. a, a, a national championship ring or a world series ring but now we're giving rings to kids at 9 10 11 12 13 14 and they begin to lose the value for that they begin to lose the value of success and that all goes back to like what are you trusting in what is your foundation in what do you believe in win or lose you can't go with the whole cliche of, oh, let's just have fun, because that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. But win or lose, are you content? Are you happy? You know, are, are, do you feel yes. good about yourself? Um, part of my retirement was to spend more time with my boys, Hunter and Brock, and with my wife, Heidi. And in the last few months, I've got to spend more time with Brock and work on his game in baseball, or yesterday I took him to a golf lesson um, with my son Hunter, and you know he's he's got a passion for baseball, but he also has an unbelievable passion for video games. And I know oh, that sounds awful. He's incredible, but oh, he's but you, you don't realize that the times have changed, and you know he's got a gift in that game, and he's going to national tournaments, and he's winning money, and he's sponsored by a clan or whatever that may be. But him and I just hanging out and driving, taking a road trip to Vegas for him to go play in a, a Fortnite tournament and coming back was some of the coolest 10 hours of my life. It wasn't like, hey, you've got to go get a hit, or hey, you've got to make the team. It was just like him and I hanging out. Yeah. And so I think that's part of the perspective, too, is like when your faith grows and you become a point where you're content on where you're at and being where your feet are again, um, I think that God's plan starts to work itself out. You know, God had a plan for me 22 years ago when he put me in the office here at Sunrise Mountain with Tom Jung saying, this is where you need to be. He had a plan for me when I got injured and um, my baseball career was over and I was going to go coach. And he had a plan for me when last year I decided in the middle of the season that I, that was my last season and that I was going to walk away. I didn't tell anybody. I didn't make it a big, huge announcement. I waited till the end of the season because I didn't want to put pressure on our team to do something for me because I was not the most important person out there by far. And it was on my heart. I, I felt really good about it. When I walked away from the last game, you know, as, as tough as it was to lose a nine-inning game in the seven semifinals, I got in the bus and I was not crying. I was not angry. I was completely at peace. Yes. So, and that's kind of where I'm at now, man. I mean, I love watching stuff like you. I love to watch the way you're growing. And um, I... I I wish I had better relationships with a lot of my former players, but people are busy. You know, one of my former players from the very, very, very first years of me, my program, Jason Hunt, he was on the, one of the very first teams here at Sunrise Mountain. He's coaching a 10U athletics team now with his son. Wow. And he's out there coaching third, and he's loving it, man. I mean, the dude loves it. And 15 years ago, he was one of my players. Yeah. And my starting center fielder. He still holds the state record for the – number of triples in a season and he was a dude but baseball never actually evolved into some great thing for him he played collegially for a few years but he's an amazing husband he's an amazing dad and now look at him coaching alongside of me or out there it's pretty cool oh that's what it's all about pretty man. Cool. and i think just seeing the impact that you can have as a coach you talk about the pressure we put on the youth athletes nowadays it's incredible. I mean, just witnessing it, going to a travel ball tournament and seeing how crazy some parents will get or how, like, some parents won't even talk to their son if they have a bad game. Like, there's some crazy extremes to this. And I think just being able to be the coach, like, you have a really opportunistic time there to where you can speak some life into those kids. You're with them more than they're with their family. And now you can impact them in the rest of their life. And to see guys like that where you've coached them and now you watch them coach their own children – that's got to be just a really rewarding feeling for you. And I think for me, just witnessing it firsthand and, and seeing how the type of impact that a coach can have on his players, how, how would you say, and I say you want to mentor coaches and parents now, so how would you mentor some coaches, maybe the young coaches, even some older coaches who maybe have lost some of their players throughout the season or, or they haven't done it the quote-unquote right way? How would you? What kind of advice would you give to them to – help motivate their players and speak some life into those guys on a day-in, day-out basis. I think I think you're seeing a shift in coaching styles at all levels of sports. 
from youth to high school to to college professionals, and I think it's built on relationships. You're seeing more and more coaches out there have better relationships with their athletes. No longer is the day where you have the drill sergeant coach who just sees things black and white, and it is what it is. I had a high school coach, and I respect him beyond belief because he taught me so much of the game. But his philosophy of the game was rigid. Was rigid. You know, yeah. he was an intimidator, and he intimidated me, and it produced results. But that was his philosophy: is if I can intimidate you, you'll you put pressure on you, you'll play play better. That was the coaching style that existed for many, many, many years. But today's coach has changed. Today's yeah. coach is about building relationships. Some of the my last few years coaching here at Sunrise Mountain, I had some of the greatest relationships with my players. Um, I mean, last year's senior class was one of my favorites of all time. Yeah. Um, very similar to your senior class, where the last two senior classes, in fact, from those last couple of years, just they were, they, I, I had such off, good off the field relationships with these guys that there was a trust factor that I didn't have to tell them too much. Like they just played the game. Yeah. <clears throat> I didn't have to over coach them. And if I, if there is a thing that I, I would recommend to a young coach right now is don't do that. Don't over coach your athletes. Yes. When you're in the third base coaching box and they're in the, they're doing their thing at the plate, like, let them do it, because we can't coach hitting while they're in the batter's box, we can't coach pitching while they're on the mound. You got to let them be, and, and if you have that relationship of trust with those players, you're going to begin to see that more and more. Um, I think that's one of the biggest foundations that I've emphasized within the Arizona Athletics. You will never ever go out to an Arizona Athletics game and seeing coaches see coaches yelling at their players. You just won't see it. And if you do, they won't be around very long. Yeah. Um, a guy, by the, a coach, a legendary coach here in Arizona, um, a friend of mine I would consider, Eric Kibler, who just recently retired from Horizon High School. He's up, he's on the USA coaching staff. He's coached a jillion professional players. But he said something to me at one time that we were just talking just about coaching. And he said, I wish more coaches would shout praise and whisper criticism. Ooh. And I've, that's stuck with me for years. And I've used it. I've mentored my coaches here at Sunrise Mountain, my A's coaches, and I've made sure they all have known that. I've made sure they've all heard that from me multiple times. Like, man, shout praise and whisper criticism. When your kids are doing things great, let's fill them full of confidence. Let's fill them full of positive. Let's, let's be optimistic about the results. And when they do something bad, like let's get them one-on-one -on -one in the dugout. Or after the game, and be like, "Hey, man, here's what. What do you think about that situation?" Like, that doesn't, that's not soft. Some coaches will consider that being soft. That's not soft. That's coaching. Yes. That's coaching athletes. That's mentoring players. That's teaching the game. You don't have to yell and scream to be a coach. And quite honestly, the guys that do it, like now, I find myself making fun of them. Yeah. Like I see a coach. We played a team the other day in, in Vegas. And the, all game long, the coaches were yelling at their kids, yelling at positioning, yelling going here. And what you realize from that is when they stop yelling, the kids actually don't know what to do because they've been trained to listen to the yelling. Mm. They're, they're like, okay, am I supposed to be on the line? Am I supposed to be off the line? Am I supposed to be in for a bunt, back for a bunt? Do I shift here? Do I do there? Do I swing? Because like, all they've heard is move right, move left, swing the bat. You know, throw strikes. Like, the pitcher's not trying to throw strikes. That's my yeah. funniest comment ever that any parent or any coach will ever say. Let's go. Throw strikes. Really? Because yeah. I'm really trying to throw the ball in the dirt. Yeah, I'm really trying not to throw strikes here. You know, swing the bat. I'm really trying to be frozen on a curveball <laughs> yeah. and not swing the bat. So, if you can buy into that, I think there's great things coming. And I feel like I've had that influence even on some current coaches in high school around here. The coaches that are still on Sunrise Mountain staff, you know, I feel like I've had that influence even on Chris Raymond. Like, he's a very passionate guy, one of my best friends. But I think he would tell you that I, I've influenced him in a way that, like, to build relationships with his players. And my God, I'm so proud of that dude. Like, he's out of the gate two years and first two years of being a varsity coach in the Final Four and wins the state title. Yeah. And I watched him coach in the state championship game last year, and I saw a dude coaching. Yeah. I saw a dude coaching kids and putting his arm around players and mentoring athletes and. Um, like that dude is going to be a dude for years to come and I think that because he's bought into it a little bit the dude's got fire the dude's got more passion than, 
that most coaches will have in their career, but he's learned how to how to corral it. He's learned how to use it when he needs to use it, and um, I had to learn that. My first few years as a coach, man, I was crazy. Yeah. You know, and I, I think one of the biggest things that I could say is <clears throat> over my 20-plus years at Sunrise Mountain, it's kind of a funny stat, but in my mind, I was only ejected as a coach from four games total. Really? Over 400 and, or 500 and 600 games, I was only ejected four times. Three of those four times were in my first three years as a coach. Wow. You know, one time was really late in my career, but um, it just it, it just wasn't something that, to me, there was no win there. You know, no matter how bad the call was, no matter how wrong I thought the umpire was, I found myself working umpires more than yelling at them. Ooh, and I, yes. I felt myself having conversations with them in between innings about the bad call and encouraging them. And then later in the game, the calls would come back. Yeah. And I think that's something too, man. Like, you start yelling at umpires, they're going to be worse. You start yelling at athletes, they're going to play worse. Absolutely. You know, there's nothing worse than the athlete comes off the field who throws his helmet, throws his batting gloves down, slams the helmet because he's frustrated. Well, why is he frustrated? Because somebody out there has put a ton of pressure on him to succeed. Mm, yes. You know, you always you always hear there's a lot of all the stuff out there over social media, a lot of positive stuff. And the stuff that you're doing with Major League University and the stuff that you're doing with positive influencing, that's all out there. But who's buying it? Yeah. Who's really listening to it? Because how many guys out there, Sunrise Mountain has opening day today, and... Of those 17 players on their roster today, they're going to take the field or the nine guys. How many guys are really playing for their team over themselves? Yes. Because I would tell you last year, of my 18 guys on my roster last year, I had 15 guys I would say they're playing for their team over themselves. I had three or four that were selfish and bitter, whatever that may be. You're going to have that every year. Absolutely. But if you can get a majority of your team to buy into the fact that they're playing for the name on the front not the name on the back type philosophy yes. they're playing for their school they're bleeding their school colors I mean you look at every team that's been successful in winning state championships winning national championships if you go back and you interview those players they all talk about their team always look at New England Patriots they all talk about their team yeah they never talk about their individual successes Belichick's the master of that right that's what everyone yeah. says like he's got people to buy in to be a team how do you get a professional athlete who's making a billion dollars to not think about himself? That's magic. It's incredibly hard. Just seeing it, like just seeing how you can become so selfish from just being in the professional setting, just because it's all about you. If you don't produce, if I don't produce, if I don't produce, I don't get to move up. If I don't produce, I don't get to go to the big leagues. If I don't produce, I don't get this. And I think seeing that as a coach, I think the biggest thing as a coach is to never forget how hard it was. Uh, the mm. thing that I saw with a lot of coaches who were still trying to live the game and mm. kind of relive through our through the players, not only me, but through youth players as well, I think they're trying to relive their glory. And as a coach, if you go in there and you don't forget how hard the game is, you understand that it's going to be tough that if you do everything right, you're still going to get out majority of the time. And if you do everything right on the mound, you can still give up a home run. But understanding how the player is going to react, understanding the relationships, building the open communication. I love the quote from, from the coach from Horizon because he was we played them all four years yep. at a very high level. And they had multiple draft picks and guys who were playing in the big league still today. And to see the correlation between a couple of really good programs and how you guys kind of interact and communicate is incredible because you keep the players first. You keep the open communication. You help them believe that they are great, they can do anything that they set their mind to, and that they are worth it. They are worthy. You don't need to sit there and bash them and yell at them because they struck out or did this because you struck out. When you played, you mm -hmm. struck out. When you played, you got out. Like it, It's a direct correlation to kind of how you played. So, so Coach, last question, man. What is the overall influence you want to have on the game? I know you've had a huge influence so far with not only players but coaches and parents, families in general. What is the overall influence you want to have on the game of baseball? Man, that's a big nugget right there, man. Um, I, I, I guess influence or be remembered or um, be thought of um, – I want to feel like 
because I think in all the years I've always been very deeply involved in the game. Um, you know, I'm on the on the board for the Arizona Coach Association. I'm on the BCA national board as well. So I want to I, I want to I want to have the influence of change. I want to I want to see you know more positive things happening with the game of baseball. Um, I feel like I'm trying to have an impact. I guess the real motivation behind the athletics is not really about winning. As much as winning is cool and, and and we post on Twitter and we post on Instagram that when our teams win and and that's publicity in a sense more than anything else. It's not bragging. Um, <clears throat> but to watch like our 9U team play right now that Mickey Tours and Ronnie Holtorf coach that are former college players and they're giving back to the game and their kids and watching those kids play with such good energy and such passion and you know, having so much more fun yes. in the game. Um, that to me is like, okay, there's a win. We win. We won with that team. And we have a 10U team that Jason Hunt, I mentioned before, is coaching. And they're a beginning club team, never played competitive. And they're posting stuff on Instagram of the kids dancing in the dugout and enjoying the game. And so that's a win there. You know, watching my son Brock's 14U team, who most of the guys have had him since they were 10 or 11. Um, they've been on this team watching those kids grow and now they're all going into high school and win or lose they just compete at a high level that's a win for me because they're all we've we've influenced them we've made them better players we think but we've made them better people yes um i would say the same thing with the influence that players can have on coaches um you know tyler and trevor pruitt and Troy Balco, Alec Myers, EJ Sua, from last year's team, those guys had such a positive impact on me. I mean, just like, I mean, they call me dad, which is like a, such a humbling comment. Oh, that's amazing. You know, to be called dad by someone else's kids. But, and it's funny, and every time I see them, they call, and our existing players still do too, and it's kind of gone, but to gain that kind of respect, when someone gives you that kind of a name and they feel like, Hey, this is a guy who we believe in. That's the influence, I guess. That when you walk into a grocery store or you walk into a, another sporting event and you see a former player, and they hug you and they shake your hand, and, and you see those kids move on and do great things in their life, and you see the careers that some of these uh, are former players, I think that's where I want my influence to be. Um, just similar to with you, I mean. You and I, you know, you were my former player. You know, you were you went on to college baseball and professional and, and went through that. And I, I tried to mentor you along there. And you went from being now a player to now like you're a friend. You know, yeah. you're a guy who will be a friend of mine for a long time. And years and years and years ago, I was yelling at you about swinging a three <laughs> old fastballs up in the dirt. Yes. <laughs> but at the same time, it's because you want to hit a jack every time you Every swing. time. Pull side dingers. Yes, yes. But that, I think that's it, man. I, I want I want to be remembered in, in the idea that I, I always tried to have the best interests of kids. And no matter what, you're not going to win that every time. Because there's always going to be parents in your program that don't agree with you. That yes. think that you have somehow hosed their kid. And I would tell you as a young coach, if you're out there right now and you have that parent, you've got to be above the line. You've got to be above the line and you've got to just say, you know what, you got to grin and bear it you got to take it all in and realize that the majority of the players believe in you and there's always going to be some that don't and you can't get every kid but continue to plant seeds mm. continue to grow your athletes don't forget about your freshman team don't forget about your jv team because those guys are just as important as the varsity guys because if you start pouring into those guys now they're going to produce for you later yeah just like in your club ball don't forget about your nines tens and elevens because although your 13s and 14s might be really great, or your 15s and 16s and 17s, you gotta grow the seeds of the of the youth programs and the younger teams around, in order to produce results on the older older ages. Yeah. And then just then, just maybe, you get a player who sends you an invite to his wedding. Yeah. That's an ultimate compliment, or announcement of his baby being born, or sees you and says, "I just got hired at this career." Those like are like. Okay, I win there. 
So I look for small wins in life, man. The small yeah. wins are there, and you know, I feel like that if I if I just can be where my feet are, I can stay focused on what's in front of me, not behind me, and feel like that each and every day, I can look in the mirror and I feel like, man, I did right by people today. It's a win. It's a win, man. Absolutely. Well, Gardner, man, you've had the most amazing impact on my career and still have to this day. You're definitely going to be getting one of those wedding invites. But just to see you and your family, just how happy you guys are and, and how strong and close-knit you guys are from the very beginning. I remember playing with your boys when they were, uh, I don't even know, four and six years old out on the field, man. We're throwing them up in the air and running the bases with them. And now watching them yeah. going to high school, Brock's got a year left in eighth grade going on in, and then Hunter's in high school and dominating the Fortnite game, which is incredible, too. <laughs> Another one of my passions. But to yeah. see kind of the impact you've had on not only me but my former teammates and really good friends and how we still talk about you all the time is amazing man and to just hear it from you is really cool so I'm extremely proud of everything you've done and you should be extremely proud of yourself because you've left a legacy and you've really built the program that you always dreamed of in the very beginning and it's been over 20 years you've had all the success but through all the success through all the failures you've kept who you are as a person. You haven't changed in a negative way. You've always been able to help and impact the community and the people around you. So, Guardy, thank you so much for coming on this podcast, man. It was awesome to have you on the show. Hey, man, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, and best luck to you in this and what your adventures are, man, and with this Major League University and the and the positive influence that you're having on, ath- on athletes and coaches and people. Um, I'm proud of you, man. I'm proud of what you're trying to do, and I know you and I have thrown some ideas back and forth about things to grow, and I would tell you that keep pursuing this stuff because you're, you're heading in the right direction. And, you know, we talk a lot about people that influence us, and we're both being influenced. And we read books, stuff like that. And I would just, real quick shout out, man, like, hey, John Gordon, if you're listening to this podcast yes. and you're listening, this is a guy, Austin Byler, you need to get him on your show because he's doing some great things that might be influenced. And he's, he's using a lot of your principles that we both have been mentored by and read your books. But, I'm just telling you, man, Austin Byler, like this this is this is the real deal right here. So thanks for having me, man. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thanks, Guardy. I appreciate it, man. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Byler Bomb Show. Once again, please be sure to go like, share, and subscribe to this podcast as we want to bring you more amazing guests like Coach Gardner on this show to really help you get the insights to impact your life and those around you. If you're a coach, this is an amazing podcast for you to impact your team. If you're a player, this is an amazing podcast to gain some insight on the recruiting process and get into that next level. So thank you guys once again. Be sure to go like, share, and subscribe, and have an amazing day. Peace.